Hello, and welcome to House of Fire and Blood, the podcast where we ask, what if George R. R. Martin's Fire and Blood were told more like HBO show House of the Dragon? My name is Gretchen, and I use they, them pronouns, and I am here with Caroline. Hi, everyone. I'm Caroline, and I use she, her pronouns. So, uh, Caroline, are you ready to uh, talk about um, mom and not my dad fighting? Mom and you're not my dad are fighting, yes, as, as Jaharis yes. would say. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yep, that's what we've got going on they today. Are. We, are, we are finishing up the chapter, A Surfeit of Rulers, so this is part four. Yes. And um, we start, where did we start? We started off at... Uh, on page, if you're using a, car, a, a paper book, at page 167, it starts with, there we must leave Queen Reyna for a time whilst we cast our eyes eastward toward the King's Landing in Dragonstone, where the regent and the king remained at odds. And that's pretty mm-hmm. much a summary of the rest of that chapter. Yep. Uh, yep. They did pretty much remain at odds. Um, mm-hmm. And Gretchen, you and I have both said that we do not have a lot to say about this section. Um, so I'm sure we'll only be here for about an hour and a half. It'll be fine. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It'll be a little bit shorter than usual. Yeah, exactly. Uh (laughs) (laughs) So you want to get into our summary? Yeah, 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 yeah. We are returning to check on our uh, The Bestest Boy King Jaehaerys, Mm -hmm. uh, Mama Regent Alyssa, and Perpetually Angry Hand of the King Rogar. Um, And he's going to get angrier. (laughs) Yeah, Perpetually Whoopsie Doodle Rogar. Yeah, oh my God, (laughs) who makes just the worst decisions. Yeah, whoopsie is something I said, Rogar. Uh, <laughs> yep. Um, where we are reminded that wars and weddings are both really expensive. Yeah. So up and we've been talking about how like cool fighting is and how cool these parties are. No one was like, how are we paying for it? What is our credit score? Uh, yep. And the answer is we aren't paying for it and it's very poor. Um, yep. <laughs> and the crown is super short on money. And <laughs> these, mm-hmm. wait, I can't even read your notes. Hilarious. <laughs> Um, so my note is the crown was very short on money, despite Celticar being a good Republican by taxing the small folk instead of the rich. Oh, it's trickle down economics, Gretchen. Okay, listen. <laughs> if it works in Westeros, it can work in America. But yeah, he literally says, unwilling to offend his fellow lords, Celticar instead decided to impose new taxes on the small folk. And my brain was like, what a good Republican. <laughs> Didn't want to upset his buddies, you know. Truly, truly. He's like, you too can be a lord if you just pull yourself up by your bootstraps and try. Right. Have you tried being born into wealth? Uh, give me right. give me taxes. And uh-huh. the small folk of King's Landing say, this sucks. And uh, it really stifles the economy. Mm-hmm. It doesn't stifle the, it, it, the... They also impose these taxes other places. Uh, but the Hightowers and the Lannisters um, ignore them, basically. Yep. Yep, they're pretty much like, um, no, we will not, you know, we're not going to impose these taxes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I just love the way that he put it. It was like, the decrees had less effect in Lannisport and Old Town, largely because Casterly Rock and the High Towers ignored them. Yep. It was like, that would. I mean, yeah. that would make it less effective as a tax. Yeah. If your lords are like, yeah, I'm just going to not do that. Mm, not imposing the rule certainly makes the rule less effective. This this is true. Yep. Yeah. Well mm-hmm. spotted. Well spotted, Maester. You got yep. it. Um, so, yep. meanwhile, the Dornish. 
Yeah, are like here for like two seconds. They just like pop in and are like, oh, hey, look, the Westeros is weak. Let's raid along the border and maybe another Vulture King that Yo, is never mentioned again. Vulture King number two. I love the Vulture King. <laughs> yeah, so they're like raiding the marshes. Isn't it Vulture King number three? Isn't it Vulture King number three? Are we up to three now? Yeah, there was like one and then there was the, Oh, you're the... right. There was. Yeah. Oh, we're on Vulture King three. Um, how many Vulture yeah. Kings are there? Tokyo Drift. Vulture King three. Tokyo Vulture King three. <laughs> Oh, fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, the Dornish are there for like a sentence and a half, and then the Maester immediately forgets about them again. Um, yep. And then there's this cool shit in the north. Okay. And I just wanna, oh, my gosh. I just want right? to say, I'm not a flashy battle person. I'm not like, a, you know, interested in like, necessarily interested in like strategy and wars kind of situation. But as soon as the Starks do basically anything, I'm like a 14-year-old boy, and I'm like, let's fucking go. Let's fucking go. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. It's like my favorite football team, and I'm, I don't know what football – I don't know how to play sport ball. But I just like <laughs> – I'm like, the Starks are fighting. So they do some cool shit in the North because uh, there's some whoopsie-doodle rebellions. Uh-oh. Yeah, uh-oh. The Faith Militant um, that was exiled to the Night's Watch is like, hey – um. How about we just rebel and start our own little kingdoms up here? Um, so the Night's Watch, the rest of the loyal Night's Watch has to put them down. Mm -hmm. um, and um, the new Lord Stark dies. And as happens in Westeros, it's Jaehaerys' fault. Because, you know, he was merciful. You know that mercy. Sometimes that mercy stabs you in the back because the people that you were merciful to liter literally, metaphorically stab you in the back. Mm -hmm. uh, right yeah i mean i right. don't think it's an unfair criticism we could talk about it more in analysis but i don't think it's an unfair yeah. criticism yeah um yep yeah. and so uh while all of this is happening uh jaharis is you know hanging out on dragonstone getting swole <laughs> he's, um, he is. he's getting swole he's realizing those gains <laughs> <laughs> um not at all because he's afraid of Lord Rogar, as we discussed. No, last no, because he's just he he has a he's driven internally just to be swole. He can't help it. Yeah, he needs to. Yeah, he needs. He to know, he knows that to be a good king, you gotta have the big muscles. Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. And that's how you keep the Iron Throne from cutting you. Yeah, is like the Iron Throne is like, oh shit, those muscles so scary. I should not cut them. Exactly, exactly. And he's got the big muscles and the big brain. Because he's yes. studying the reign of King Aegon the Conqueror. Right, right. Um, where the queen uh, is assisting him. Yeah. He's being assisted by three yeah. maesters, three maesters, and and the little queen. And, and also the queen. He's, you know, studying the reign of King Aegon because he wants to be just like him. Yep. Uh, okay, sure. <laughs> sure. If that's what you want to, if you, that's what you want to call it. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe they were also doing some making out um, no Gretchen they were perfectly chased until their actual wedding happens <laughs> later don't ruin it don't ruin unlike it unlike any other two teenagers they did not have sex until they were officially married they were studying um, for their AP test in Aegon the Conqueror okay they were busy <laughs> like they they had to get those college credits alright look it was very important it's to them it's their AT test it's their Aegon ah, Targaryen test but uh, <laughs> Ah, we're so smart. Uh, um, yeah, the lords are coming to visit him, uh, and that makes 
Rogar very upset. Well, and the point you made I mean, a couple podcasts ago, which is that certainly, how could you keep this wedding a secret when, like, people are coming to treat with Jaharis and Allison is clearly there. This chapter says it plainly, like, uh, yes! everyone figured it out because Allison was there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I was so, I was delighted when I read that. I was like, thank you. Yeah. Like, the f- why did you think you could keep this secret? There are people going to Dragonstone mm-hmm. and Alison is there mm-hmm. and they're not going to be like, oh yeah, super normal for the king to just, I don't know, have his sister hanging out with him all the time. That is a very normal, not married thing to do. Yeah, super normal. Not like the Targaryens regularly marry their siblings. It's fine. Yeah. Right. Yeah, this is fine. No, no incest. Um, well, Rogar so- is mad because his plans to seduce the king did not work. And wouldn't nope. you know, Alyssa's plans to break up the marriage also didn't work. Yeah, Gosh the, darn. the absolute real plans that she had to break up the marriage sure didn't work. Yeah, she definitely got darn shoot. How, yep. how could yeah. that have gone awry? Oh no. <laughs> My plans, they're foiled. That's what um, she said Yeah, to we will talk about that. Uh-huh. That's exactly yep. what she said it. Um, we get to hear more about Corian Wilde. Yes, and, more caution for young girls. It just makes me so want that as an adaptation. I just, yes. she's so much more interesting than, like, right. Jaharis. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like, I just want it. I do. Uh, yeah, she sounds like she has much more fun in her life than just, like, I don't know, getting beaten up by the Kingsguard. Yeah. And she, so she ends up actually fleeing. The text is like, she uh, sneaks off with a knight. And yep. goes to that's when how mm-hmm. she gets to Essos. But then the text is like, but we don't need to talk anymore about her. And I'm like, please talk more about her. Like, yeah, we we need no, hear no more of her. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Yes, we do need. I want to sir. need. I have the need. Let me know what happens to Corey and uh-huh. Wild. Ah, oh, makes such yep. a good show. Um, um, yeah. So that so Rogar continues to be mad. That is one of the themes of this section mm-hmm. is that Rogar is big mad, mm-hmm. um, and decides that like, you know what, I should crown Aria. I sh- I should crown her. You know the mental gymnastics he went through to get here. I can't even understand because he's like he's like a pretty solid patriarchy bro, but he's like. I'm so mad. I mean, this is what he says. Like, I'm so mad that Jaharis and Allison are defying me that I think we should set him aside and crown Aria. Yeah. And uh, that's uh, just a little bit treasonous, you know? It's just like a touch of treason, like a little dash yeah. in the tea uh-huh. of treason. Yeah. yeah. And he gets uh, kicked out. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Uh, Alyssa's like, Congrats, sir. You're fired. Mm-hmm. Um, she cries, Gretchen. I, she cries. That's. I mean, it's a sign of weakness because she cried when he was an asshole. Yeah. There's an interesting like note in the text. Oh, I should have highlighted it. Hold on. Um, mm-hmm. When she cries. Uh huh. The uh, the queen at the top of 173. The queen regent stared at her lord husband in horror, and then. As if to prove that he had spoken truly, began to weep. And right. that just before that, he had said that Jaharis would be as weak as his father. Or you are weak, as weak as your first husband was, as weak as your son. Sentiment may be forgiven in a mother, but not in a regent, and never in a king. 
We were fools to crown Jaharis. Mm-hmm. He thinks only of himself, and he will be the worst king. He will be a worse king than his father was. Thank the gods it's not too late. We have to act now and put him aside. I just read that as increasingly petulant yes. when I was reading. Oh, that's exactly what he sounded like. You're weak and your son's weak and you're going to be bad king. Yeah. Meh. I don't know. I was just confused, though, that like she began to weep uh, as if to prove that he had spoken truly. I didn't understand right. that line. Well, I think he's meaning that like as if to prove that she is weak. She began to cry. Oh, okay. Because that the fact that you are weak is so far back in his little rant. I thought that it was saying she thought he was correct about your Harris. Okay, no, I understand now. Sorry, right? I got. Yeah, I was confused like, by the text. You are you are a weak woman, and she, she and said, she cries, and I... they're like, "See, a weak woman," and I'm like, "Okay, well, he's an asshole." It's really normal to cry when your husband's being a big jerk to you in front of everybody. Also, like, you're talking about doing treason against her son, and she only has the two kids left, and you'd be doing treason against both of them. Yep. And she's realizing that she has to throw you out, and she probably doesn't want to do that, but she does. Right. Right. And I love that it's like, ah, yes, a weak woman who cries, but then turns around and is like, you're fired. Mm -hmm. I'm like, would a weak woman... Just turn so, around and fire so, her so husband. Weak, so weak, so cry. So, what was it? Uh, last episode you, we were talking about with Alyssa. She's so beautiful, so tragic. You know, oh yeah, so brave, so beautiful, so uh-huh. tragic. That's that's yeah. Her. That's entirely yep. what's happening. Yeah. yeah. Oh, this poor, sad woman. Oh. This frail, you know, put upon, suffering woman. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't know. It seems pretty normal to have cried with what he said, but also like it didn't keep her from like being really decisive. Right, exactly. So she sends him away. She says bye. Uh, and yep, he says before I go, I'm going to steal Arya. And then turns out J.K. Alyssa already took her and hit her in the stables at King's Landing. <laughs> right, because Alyssa's really fucking smart. <laughs> but you know what? Sometimes she invent. You know what happens after she sends Rogar away. Uh-huh. That shatters her. And yeah, she re- just absolutely shattered. She never does any ruling again after that. She just retires. Yep. Never, never again. Never makes a single decision. No other decisions. Just says nope. we're good. And uh Yep, and that's it. And then and then Jaharis does uh, not Jaharis, I'm sorry, Rogar does one last very stupid thing. <laughs> he just like compounds the stupid one right after the other, after the other, this man. <laughs> How is he so dumb? He decides that after he tried to kidnap one twin, he's going to try and kidnap the other. (laughs) He's going to send his brother Mm -hmm. over to Old Town to kidnap Rayella so that he can force her to confess that she is actually Aria. And then what happens? That's what I'm not sure. Yes, exactly. Profit. (laughs) Oh, yep. And weirdly enough, it doesn't work. Nope. Uh, nope. Turns out Alyssa is not the only one who is good at telling Rogar to fuck off. Faith says no dice, my friend. Yeah, because this this badass Septa is like, no. Um, how about I like stall you, and then I'm gonna go send someone to like get a bunch of guards. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really fantastic. Um. It's actually, I think what impresses me the most is that Rogar thought that any of this would work. Like, his plans are just so bad. Yeah. He's so bad at making plans. First he says, let's let's disinherit Jaharis. 
Then he says, right. I'm gonna steal, I'm gonna steal one twin. Doesn't work. Then he says, I'm gonna steal another twist. <laughs> right, right. And all of this is after him deciding that the way to undo the incest marriage was to like send a sexy lady to seduce the send king and the that would somehow end it. Yeah, I I I the man is not not good at this. He's not nope. good he's, at this. He's really bad at intrigue. Um, he's really mad about anytime he loses power, but he's really bad at politics. That, and we can get into this in the analysis of why he's like this. Uh, mm-hmm. And I'm going to say the patriarchy, but we can get more into it in yes. the analysis. Ding, ding, ding. Congratulations. Caroline, you are the winner. It's, it's, I've worked really hard to get here. You know? Yep. I did a lot. Uh, I read the text at face so yeah. value. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> so after this, Rogar retires. Is like, oh no, I cannot scheme anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and then everything I did, I did for the crown. Sure, I'm gonna go sit in my corner and cry about it yeah. for a while for the rest of the regency. Mm-hmm. Sure, Jan. So then, Gretchen, on the twentieth day of the ninth moon of fifty AC, Jaharis turned sixteen. We know what that means. That what he's in his majority. Yeah, oh. he's, he's a he's a grown man now. Yeah, but also the ninth moon, the twentieth day. Mm-hmm. Gretchen, what's today? Oh yeah, today is Jaharis' birthday. Yeah. Okay, I don't for, know when. For those of you who are not aware, we are recording this on September twentieth. Yes, we are recording, that, and that'll really reveal to you how much in advance we record these. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it will not be the it will not be the twentieth of, no. of September no. when this is released. But yeah. yeah. Happy, happy birthday, happy King Jaharis. I wonder how old he would be, well, I guess, in 2023, uh, uh, many thousands of years. Um. <laughs> right, right. I would guess that if if we were numbering, if AC um, or if AD, our numerical system was equivalent to after the conquest, let's just say that, that Jesus being born is the equivalent <laughs> Of Aegon the Conqueror. Well, are you suggesting in Westeros? Are you suggesting that George R. R. Martin maybe modeled that after the real life some <laughs> way that we number things? That's weird. That's weird for you to suggest. All right. Um, then it would be what? Oh man, it is later in the day, and my brain is not ready. He to would do be math. many many thousands of years old. Yeah, he would be. He'd be almost two thousand years old. Yeah, maybe he's Jesus. Wait a minute. Have we thought about this headcanon? Mm. Hmm. <laughs> There's a J in the name. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, I got to get on Reddit. Hold on. (laughs) (laughs) Jaharis is our savior. Uh, Um, So, yeah, on that note, that is where this, uh, that's where this chapter ends. Uh, All across the Seven Kingdoms, lords and small folk alike waited to see what kind of king he would be. Dun, dun, dun. Dun dun dun! Though we have, a, though Gildane has clearly already decided he's going to be the bestest boy. He is. The well, be- he already he's knows. He's already the bestest boy. Yeah, <coughs> he knows in hindsight that he is the bestest boy. All right. So analysis. Mm. Uh, speaking of what the maester thinks, mm-hmm. what was the maester thinking in this section, Caroline? Uh, women can't win, men can't fail. I think that's a pretty good summary of it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the way that he talks about Alyssa, the way he always talks about Alyssa, but like especially here. When, like, uh-huh. he's describing a scene, and, like, the scene, by the way, where Alyssa fires Rogar is very well documented, because, like, the whole council was there. He did yep. this in front of everyone. So, I think we can 
put a lot of faith into or put a lot of trust into that like something very similar to these words was spoken right and Mm -hmm. whether it's verbatim or not but something very similar to this is what happened right and even then even like with her expressly using her power as regent he still is like Mm -hmm. like demeaning is a little too strong but he diminishes her um I mean, and there's even, like, a line uh, where she says at the bottom of 173, she says, I am the queen regent. Until my son shall come of age, all of you serve at my pleasure, including the hand of the king. Yeah. Which establishes a precedent which was not established until this moment, which is that the regent Mm. supersedes the hand. Yeah. Which is, by the time Cersei is regent, when Tywin is hand... Not really, you know. Tywin it I mean, has more power. Yeah, Ty- <laughs> Tywin would never allow anyone to have more power than him, much less his daughter. Yeah. So it's interesting to me that Alyssa is like, yeah, no, I'm in charge. Like, you're my husband. Like, I, I control you, you know. Uh, and I'm curious to see how that unfolds throughout the history of the Targaryens if, if we see that weaken over time. Because somehow we get to Cersei, you know. Right. And we get to a situation where that's not the case. Or if it's just mm-hmm. very, is it very individual? Does it really matter uniquely who the person is? Like, even by the time you get to Alicent, you know? Right. What kind of power does she or does she not have? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, and I love that his, well, I don't love it, but I really enjoy that his response is like, no. Yeah. You woman, you think you can dismiss you, me? It's just this like you, overblown. You're rubber and pride. What you say bounces on me, sticks to you. Mm-hmm. And then everybody pulls but, their like, swords out. She's so clearly the smartest person in the room. Like she's the one who like thwarts his attempt to kidnap Aria. Like mm-hmm. she knew. Like immediately she's like, he left the room, and I imagine her going, Okay, I know. My dumbass husband. Mm-hmm. Um, he's gonna try and kidnap Aria. So, all right, here's what I'm gonna do. Like, she just like mm-hmm. she's always, as we keep saying, Alyssa is the smartest person in the room, mm-hmm. but like does not get credit for being. Because I'm just imagining that like if a dude had been the person to figure out that like. Rogar was going to kidnap Arya. We've been like, oh yeah, you know, Jaehaerys in his yeah. wisdom, in his great wisdom as a young yep. age, you know, mm-hmm. discerned Rogar's thoughts, and it would have been this huge, like, wow, look at this amazing man, yes, figuring it out. But yes. like when it's Alyssa, it's like, oh yeah, um, she figured it out and she stopped it, moving right along. Yeah, it's like she stole the march on him, and she had already removed Arya, mm-hmm. and and she hid her in plain sight. She didn't like ship her to Dragonstone or like put her in a cell under guards or put like do anything like that she like she dyes her hair brown and yeah. Arya's eight at this point she dyes her hair brown and she's like sweetie you're gonna work with the ponies and Arya said fuck yes and she was like really happy to be in the stables that's it <laughs> best time of my life yep that's what she says she says the best time of her life she's a horse girl at heart i, I understand yep uh yeah and i mean what do you think about this section is interesting because on the one hand you have this like diminishment of Alyssa. On the other hand, you have <coughs> these like very obvious stories of Rogar just fucking up and fucking up and fucking up. Mm-hmm. But the maester isn't like disparaging of Rogar. 
Nope. And in a previous section, a few a few sections ago, the maester had mentioned like, look, Rogar's going to make some mistakes, but we have to like be balanced, fair, be fair and balanced about this. Come on. You gotta yeah. remember, he wanted to fight Magor the Cruel in single combat, and that just makes up for everything that he ever did <laughs> I afterwards. forgot he wanted to fight Magor the Cruel in single combat, of course! <laughs> he was a mighty warrior. That, that means that he can do no wrong. I mean, but like, it's so interesting, because it's like the maester mm-hmm. isn't demonizing him nope. if Magor had done this. Oh, oh yeah. my god. Or if Alyssa, you know, if Alyssa mm-hmm. had been like, we can't, like, if she was really against this, but Rogar was the one that was being, like, pragmatic, right? Mm-hmm. If she was like, we have to, you know, disempower him or whatever, it would have been like, she was hysterical, and, you know, they excused her hysteria for, you know, being the king's mother wanting, you know, only wanting mm-hmm. the safety of her children, but they confined her to some such tower cell and then we really never heard from her again like it would have been disparaging right but it's almost it's almost the most like just factually right like plain story that the maester has told so far Mm-hmm. right and even in its own kind of way trying to make it he's downplaying you're right he's downplaying that like the severity of it by like making it really factual mm-hmm. like he probably can't go so far as to be like well you know we should forgive him because he's such a good guy like he can't do that here because like he's literally advocating treason yeah and you don't want to be the maester who's like it was fine that he was like super treasonous and wanted to depose king jahari as our favorite bestest boy that's fine mm-hmm. but he doesn't want to go so far as to like actually disparage him. So by making it like look really neutral, it's the closest he can come to actually supporting him. Right. Exactly. Cause he can't, he can't straight up say this was fine. Cause it wasn't. No, it's it not. It wasn't. <laughs> but like, I mean the, I mean, Magor deposed Aenys and he was Magor the Cruel forever. And in the annals of history, yeah. he'll always be that. And that was part of it. But Rogar, yep. the hand of the king. Right. Legi- the king maker. The king maker legitimately suggests deposing Jaehaerys. And he's not like Rogar the Cruel. or He doesn't mm-hmm. even have any kind of title. He's just Rogar Baratheon. That time he was hand, remember? Yeah. Like, uh-huh. It's, it's, and that in and of itself is a type of bias. Right. You know. Right. And even, even in the way that he talks about Rogar's like is kind of valorizes it like the line one last folly remained to him and he did not shrink from it like that's actually like kind of valorizing to be like sure he's gonna make a dumb decision but he did not shrink you know like it just makes it sound like he's like courageous to be following this path it's almost like folly is normally something that means like mistake like you whoopsie doodled into it Uh, but it wasn't a folly it was a plan it was a bad plan (laughs) A bad plan that he actively undertook. Like it's it wasn't yep. a whoopsie. You you did it on purpose. Mm-hmm. Yep. So it's it is strange how he's I mean, I guess it makes sense because of the patriarchy that he couldn't he can't write Rogar Baratheon to be bad like Magor was because mm-hmm. I mean Rogar wasn't as bad as Magor was in a lot of ways. Magor did more that right. that shit that is that is true uh, fair and balanced um but rogar is like an important historical figure 
still, mm-hmm. even with this. Yep. And he can't just disparage him outright. Mm-mm. You know? It's so right. so much of that, like, knowing where the story ends colors the way that it, this is presented. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, and I think... I think... Oh, I just had a thought. I'm pretty sure that in-universe, this is, like, supposedly presented to Robert? I'm trying to remember. What is? Um, This, that, like, this fire and blood, this, like, history of the Targaryen dynasty is, like, um, something that is, like, a gift to the king oh is like, it? he's not just writing it i th- i don't I, I don't see it in here i can't remember maybe maybe i'm thinking of the world of ice and fire um mm-hmm. but i think at least the world of ice and fire is like written as like a history book that is then presented to that i think the i think at least the world of ice and fire is described as like a gift to king robert mm-hmm. or something along those lines and i couldn't remember if this was too but that would be really interesting if it was like a gift to king robert mm-hmm. because then it's possible that the reason you don't want to disparage oh, rogar is because he's your ancestor yeah you don't want to say anything bad about a baratheon if this is a gift to a baratheon king well when is fire and blood written like in in universe when does this mix your writing is it during robert's reign I don't remember. Okay. That's the thing. I was looking in the front to see. History of the Grand King Westeros, Volume 1. I don't know. I mean, we could probably look up when he lived. Yeah, let me just look up. When did Maester Gil... Ooh, how do you spell this? How do you spell his name? Just wise everywhere. Gildane. Oh, die. Gildane, when did you die, sweetie? Oh, Yandel. Okay, so Yandel was the one who wrote The World of Ice and Fire. So according um, to a semi-canon source, Gildane lived into the reign of King Robert I Baratheon. Yeah, okay, so they weren't directly... Yeah. I don't know if these are... Like, it doesn't sound like these are meant to directly be, like, a gift. No, but also... King Baratheon, but they are written under the reign. Right, exactly. That's the thing. They are written under the reign of Robert Baratheon, so even if it's not directly to Robert Baratheon, there is... I think it would behoove a maester to not say a whole lot Mm -hmm. bad about the family history of the ruling monarch. I hadn't even thought about that, so you brought it up. I think that's, that's exactly it. The Baratheons are treated well in the text. Because mm-hmm. there's currently Baratheon king. Yeah. Baratheon. Well, I didn't think of it until we were talking. I was yeah. like, oh, wait, right? Isn't yeah. this? <laughs> that makes sense. Well, what do you think about the fact that Rogar Baratheon uh, put forward Arya as, like, a legitimate heir? You know? Like, in talking about, like, the way men and women are talked about. Something like, Rogar, Rogar has been very patriarchy up until now. But he, mm-hmm. like, legitimately was, like... We can pass over the boy for the girl. And he correctly said, Arya has a better claim. Both of her parents were King Anus's first and second children. Yep. Um, I think that's because he thinks he could rule through Arya. I, that, yeah. That she's, that she's even younger than Jaehaerys is. I can't remember how old she is at this point, but she, I mean, oh, she's eight? She's eight, yeah. That, like, he does say, like, I could shape were... her and thus and such thing. Yeah. Like, but I, I mean. gets him past it's a girl? He gets past it's a girl? 
to to get there. I think that I think that his desire for power is enough to to like. I think that if there were a boy available, he would have picked the boy first. Mm-hmm. But if the only option available to him is a girl, but that girl would give him the possibility of of like, he would at least rule for eight years. Mm-hmm. If he were, if she were to be accepted, he would be you know, hoping to rule through her for at least eight years, and by that point, potentially even shape her into someone that he could rule through for the rest of her, you know, mm-hmm. the rest of her reign. Yeah. Um. I have like a sneaky suspicion that if anything were to happen to Alyssa during this time period, that that Rogar might try to uh, pull a Daemon Targaryen and, and marry like, her, and marry her yeah. eventually. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that. It was definitely interesting to me that that I mean the things that allow men to overcome. You know, they're raising the toxic mm-hmm. patriarchy; it's not their fault. The things that allow them to overcome the patriarchy in moments fascinate me, and the fact right. that like in balancing power versus you know sexism he picked power right mm-hmm. it's, it's the personal versus the political there you go you know right. what it is we, we talked about this previously Rogar Baratheon everything is personal for him yes and I think that's yeah. what it is is that ultimately the personal takes press there, there is no political precedence like when he says everything mm-hmm. I did I did for the seven kingdoms like no, probably nothing you did. You did for the Seven Kingdoms, actually. <laughs> yeah, sure. I don't. I can't think of an example of something you did for the Seven Kingdoms that wasn't also nope. for you, or if not, primarily for you. Mm-hmm. You know, right? Yep. Hmm. Yeah, that seems to be the um, what people say when they feel aggrieved in their quests for powers. Like I'm doing it for the kingdom. That's fine. Yeah, it should be okay. It's like no, you're not. You're doing it for yourself. He says it like clutching his fist with like tears in his eyes. Manly yes. tears. Manly tears. Manly tears, yes. the manliest. Tears full of testosterone. <laughs> My brain made a really terrible portmanteau, and I'm not going to inflict it upon you, but you, dear listeners, can decide for yourself what it might have been. Oh, no. Um, also, inter- what's also interesting here is that um, he doesn't, in the same way that he doesn't want to, like, speak too harshly of Rogar, he really doesn't want to blame Jaharis for how some of his decisions turned out. Yeah. In the same way that you're saying, like, Magor the Cruel gets blamed for everything. Mm-hmm. Absolutely everything in his fault, and it's because he's an evil, terrible person who maybe, tor- who definitely, definitely tortured cats when he was 12 years old. Yeah, and he caused all the bad things to happen, you know. The, you yeah. know what this is like? You know, you know the movie The Lion King? Mm-hmm. So when Scar yep. takes over the Lion King, there's like a drought and a famine in the Pride Lands. Mm-hmm. And everyone's right. like, Scar, there's no food. And I remember as a child, my mom was like, that's unfair. It's not Scar's fault there was a drought. Right. And I was like seven. And I was like, you know, you've got something there, Jane. It's not Scar's mm-hmm. fault there was a drought. He just is a lion. He can't stop that. But it's like, right. Magor. He's not the Rain King. Right. Magor got blamed for everything. And Jaehaerys. Uh-huh. For things that are, like, somewhat out of his control, but also the direct result of his actions, <laughs> he's not right. getting blamed. Right. Okay, so we've got at least, we've got a couple examples in this section. We've got the whole sending the rebellious faith to the wall, mm-hmm. which you, you know, which you brought up that, like, okay, he sends, you know, he decides to, to show mercy and send the rebellious faith militant to the wall. Um, and it turns out that when they got there, they were like, let's do a mutiny and try and take over the Night's Watch. Yeah, um, it was actually something I was thinking of when we read that section, 
was like, mm-hmm. like, oh, we sent all of them to the wall? Are they all the same castle? Maybe they should be, like, sprinkled, you know, around. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, like, mm-hmm. separated a little bit from each other. Because, like, if you send a whole group of them who all right. don't like you to the same place, you yeah. know, that's so why you don't send gang members to the same prison. It's the same kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. If, when you, if you consider the faith militant to be a gang, you don't want to send them to the same prison. Yeah. Um, yeah. So... And Lord Stark, like this, or the younger son, the younger Stark, because his older brother dies putting down the rebellion, is like the only one who blames Jaehaerys. Is like, maybe you shouldn't have sent all of these people to the wall. Mm-hmm. And like, Gildane's not like, and he was right. Mm-hmm. He's just like, he makes no commentary, is just like, well, he blamed Jaehaerys. Yep. Moving right along. Yep. Yep. Uh, we've everything about Lord Keltigar. All where it's like Lord Keltigar was a really ineffectual hand of the King Ather Magor, mm-hmm. and he made a really ineffectual master of coin. And I'm like, okay, this would have been useful to know when we were talking about Jaehaerys's decisions mm-hmm. about showing mercy, because showing mercy to your former enemies good in theory. But mm-hmm. if one of those decisions is let's make the really ineffectual hand of the king another let's keep him as a member of my council Mm -hmm. i'm like look i am judging you not because you're showing mercy but because you took a really ineffectual right like council member and you left them on your council you read his resume and you said he's not he wasn't qualified to be hand let's make him in charge of the money for the realm the what? money, like this of be fine. all the things, or like, like, make him like fucking master of whispers or something. Give him, make up some office. Make him like master of ships. You can't fuck up ships, you know, like or like I'm, master of laws because I don't know any master yeah. of laws that actually does a damn thing. Right, exactly. Make a master of laws. Make a make a master of butterflies for all I care. Don't make a master of coin. That's yeah, don't put the yeah, don't put the person who was really bad at being the second in command in charge of your money. Right. <laughs> And again, Gildane, like, notes that he was in an ineffectual hand and an ineffectual master of coin does just, like, slides right on by the fact that he is master of coin because Jaehaerys put him there. Yeah, like, he blames Celtigar for being that way. Right. But he doesn't yeah. say, like, as the king that put him in place, you know? Right. Like, right. No, the decision to put him there, excellent decision. Mm-hmm. His job there, bad. Right, and there's, like, no way that this level of leniency would have been given if, like, Reyna had made these choices. No. Or if Alyssa was making these choices. Absolutely not. Like, if any female person with power had been making choices like this, they would not be just, like, slid right on by with no commentary. Mm Mm-hmm. Exactly. I mean, even, and that's what we mean, though. Go ahead. Well, even, like, looking at, like, Megor and Tyana, for example, Mm -hmm. you know, the fact that Tyana turned out to be like a double agent or like a like you know what like working against Megor ultimately, um, mm-hmm. in whatever capacity that was, that that's like put on Megor as well. Yep. That like he that he brought her that he brought mm-hmm. her to court all these things. He brought the spooky scary foreign lady. He did bring the spooky scary foreign lady, and he, and that that's that's he's given responsibility for that as well. Mm-hmm. But he didn't. I mean, she acted on her own to make his wives have miscarriages or you know, whatever various bad things she did. They weren't acting in concert. He's not really responsible for her actions. But that's certainly something that's put on him that he's blamed for. Mm-hmm. And 
this is the same thing. I mean, less less cruel and less death, but the same kind of concept. So yeah, I mean, the it's interesting as a history text that the bias is so so much and so apparent on page at this point uh-huh right and i th- i think we'll talk about a little bit this later when we get into themes but i just want to note it here that like we're getting more evidence about this this general sense that like the westerosi mindset is really outcomes oriented like and this yes. is kind of what we're building out that yes. like they're looking at the outcome and going okay well did that turn out okay all right that means it was a good decision mm-hmm. did that turn out poorly okay bad decision like yeah. you're a bad king because like you're a weak ineffectual king because the decisions you made didn't work out for you but if the decisions do work out for you that means that you are like a wise and strategic like mm-hmm. that it has very ac- little to act to do with the actual character mm-hmm. of the person they're judging the character based on the outcomes of their decisions right because right. that's what um the new lord stark whose brother dies is doing is he's going well, the outcome of sending all of these people to the wall is that my brother died. That means that your showing mercy was a bad decision because it had a bad outcome. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, I mean, well, sure, there are ways that you can criticize the decision to send them all to the wall, mm-hmm. but it's not a bad decision to be merciful because someone died. Right. I mean, and it also calls into question sort of this idea of foresight and the ability mm-hmm. to... One of the abilities of a ruler, and one of the important things about a ruler being the ability to predict what your actions will create. Right. You know, and being able to think about, I mean, that's what politics is, right? Is trying to figure out, Mm -hmm. if I do this, what will everyone else do? You know, and how Mm -hmm. can I maintain the peace or whatever? And, like, it wouldn't have taken high levels of foresight to think, you know, if I send all of these rebels as a cluster to one place... They could organize and rebel in that one place, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, it wouldn't have taken a lot of foresight to be like, okay, we're going to send the first batch who did, like, the least stuff there. And everyone mm-hmm. else is going to serve, like, a year in the dungeon. And then we're going to send the second batch. And then the, right. the worst ones will serve, like, two or three years in the dungeon. Then then they'll get to go. And, you know, spreading them out so they don't, by the time the rest of them get there... No, everyone's already integrated. They don't want to be rebelling. They're done with that part of their lives. Because right. the, the better part of the problem is that they sent the two Kingsguard, who he made take the black, and they were lords. And so they, like, knew real battle strategy, knew how to command people, knew how to lead, mm-hmm. had experience doing so, and felt especially attacked by being removed from their positions as uh, Kingsguard mm-hmm. and being brought down to being Night's Watch. Right. Yeah, and some of it is like also this this is the other part that I that I find interesting is like it also says that the Lord Commander of the Watch unwisely had given Bracken and Mallory command of two forts. Mm-hmm. So like some of it, sure, could be on Jaharis and Alyssa for like making this decision, but some of it is also like sounds like that the Lord Commander of the Night's Watch made some real dumb decisions too. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And like so why isn't um, Brandon? Oh, Alaric, mm-hmm. Alaric Stark. That's the name of the the new lord. Like, why isn't Alaric Stark also blaming the Lord Commander of the Night's Watch mm-hmm. to be like, hey, maybe you shouldn't have given the rebels like command the recent rebels, the recent they, rebels command. I mean, Jaharis hasn't even reached his majority yet, which means that they put this faith thing down like a year ago. 
Mm-hmm. Like, bro. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Maybe, like, make them, like, be more integrated into your little group up there first for, like, a hot sec. Like, we think about that. No? Anyone? Yep. So, yeah. No, I agree. I mean, there's so many. You could play the, the what, the Into the Woods game with whose fault is it. Uh, <laughs> my favorite What's of that. Fault? Remember, Remember in um Game of Thrones when uh, everything was uh, Drogon? <laughs> uh, no, the patriarchy's yes. fault, right? It came down to uh, in the carols. Uh-huh. Yep, <laughs> um, yep. Yeah, so it's like you could you could play that. The end of that game is Jaharis. Right. So I mean he's certainly a root cause. and I think that's a fair critique. Mm-hmm. Um, that the Maester uh, so, that the Maester does not endorse. Yeah, no, the Maester is not going to endorse any kind of criticism to the bestest boy King Jaharis. No, no. Uh he can do no wrong. Uh, but speaking of this, we can kind of talk a little I mean, we've been doing some what really happened while we've been talking about mm-hmm. this, but um on this on this specific part of the text, do you think the wildlings actually ate the Night's Watch deserters? Nah. I don't think so. <laughs> I, think I, I don't either. I, I think the cannibalism in the North is, is a... That's like, you know how Dorne, like, makes up shit and, like, spreads rumors about, like, oh, yeah, we totally tortured and took them apart piece by piece. That's totally what happened, yep. you know? I think uh-huh. the wildlings are doing the same thing. Like, oh, yeah, we fucking eat people. Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, don't, yeah, don't, uh-huh. Come, don't come don't here. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Very say like a very similar energy. Be like, oh yeah, yeah, we ate those people. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah, you guys already think that we're like feral cannibals out here anyway. What? Why not play into it? Yeah, it, it keeps you away from us. It makes it makes you leave us alone. That's mm-hmm. fine. Exactly. I mean, for all I know, or for all we know, those Night Watch guys did join the Wildlings. Right. I mean, the Wildlings were like pretty accepting of Jon Snow, and before him, they were accepting of Mance Raider, and they have mm-hmm. a good history of like just kind of taking people in. So I mean, they they killed the one guy, which makes sense. I think it's interesting that part of the text that the Wildlings killed um, the one guy, and gave his head mm-hmm. over, and right. spoke. They had some kind of treat. They like did some kind mm-hmm. of treating because they yep. went gave the head and had some kind of conversation because when they were they were asked what happened, so. Right. What the Night's Watch is just talking to the wildlings now, like no big deal. Uh huh. Okay. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. Because sure. someone must have someone must have done it. But yeah, there's a big assumption being made on Gildane's part because he says like rebels or no, the free folk had no use for crows. Sir Raymond's head was delivered. Mm-hmm. Like you're making an assumption that a killing Raymond Mallory is a sign that the rest of them were killed, and mm-hmm. b you are accepting the wildlings saying that we ate them. Yeah. But like, I think you're right. Chances are probably good that they were just kind of like, I don't know, if you if you also hate Westeros, please come join, live with us. Yeah. Like, what would the wildlings have against like Nights Watch deserters who were anti, who had like served with Magor the Cruel? They would have no reason. They don't give a fuck. Right. Exactly. And I mean, if they just like, who even knows if the Black Brothers could have just gone and like pretended not to be. Right. They could have been like, oh, I'm from the the Hornfoots over yonder. I'm just coming uh-huh. over here to this time, you know. Right. Like, there's no, there's no like background check. No one's gonna check their license, so right. And it says something that they killed the Lord, but left the rest of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe, yeah maybe it was maybe a, maybe it's a precursor to Corn Halfhand kind of thing. You know, mm-hmm. maybe the other ones killed him to prove their loyalty to the Wildlings. I would buy it. You know, done. Mm-hmm. Copy paste. You can't can't um, uh, can't copyright yourself there, uh, George R. R. Martin. <laughs> <laughs> nope nope just just recycle it um okay so i had a thought about 
it's from the very beginning. We we didn't really talk about it when we were talking about the taxes part. So mm-hmm. there's this little section where it says that um, Lord Rogar, um, that part of the casualty of not having any money was that um, the, another casualty was the dragon pit. The crown no longer had the funds to pay the builders and all the work on the great dome ceased. And it says a little bit before that, that like Rogar was determined to complete the work on the dragon pit before handing the city and kingdom over to Jaehaerys. Mm-hmm. And I was like, why? Did he want to take credit? I just feel like Rogar was like, I want to be the one who finished the dragon pit. I guess. Like, but like, what credit does that give you? You know, like, what is that? Well, you get to be the one whose name is associated with finishing building the thing. Like that's not like I don't it, historically the person mm-hmm. who finishes like a big monument like that get is like considered to be like the author of the monument whether they started it or not mm-hmm. usually the name that's remembered is the person who finished it so is it would it be like the Baratheon pit with the oh, that's a terrible phrase I no don't I like think that. it would have <laughs> still been the dragon pit but they would have been the dragon pit that Rogar built I see I guess. I, get, I think part of the problem is the text hasn't, like, talked about the dragon pit very much up until now, so I have mm-hmm. no concept of how important this is to the small folk, if it is at all. Right. You know? Like, would it be impressive to the small folk? What yeah, dragons just, would they put there? There's, like, two dragons they got. Right. I was mostly just thinking that, like, I think that Rogar just didn't want Jaehaerys to get credit for doing anything cool. That could be it. <laughs> he was like, I want to be the one to finish the dragon pit because if Jaehaerys finishes it, then he gets associated with the big cool thing yeah i can't let jaharis have it that could be it very much so like that he he wants that i mean i guess it's the only explanation there's nothing else there's no other reason he doesn't have a dragon no so and he's got no reason to want to build a basically a targaryen monument right other than just he doesn't want to have it i think this also might just suffer from like somebody needed to want to build a dragon pit for george r R. martin to bring this up Right. You know, mm-hmm. like it might have just been like easier to put like who's more believable that Rogar really wanted to build it or that Alyssa really wanted to build it. You know, it's more believable that Rogar wanted it. I, right. I don't imagine Alyssa cared even a little bit. Yeah. About the dragon pit. Yeah. No. And it, like the, the problem of the dragon pit had to be introduced here for it to be solved later by the best boy Jaharis. Right. Right. And also we we do happen to know that there is a history of of rulers in the in the Seven Kingdoms who really want to build a cool thing. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> Look, Minecraft has been a very popular game in Westeros. <laughs> yes, all of the rulers of Westeros have to be really good at Minecraft and Rogar was like, "I too will be good at Minecraft. Yes. It is not just for Targaryens." <laughs> oh, wait until you see my castle. It'll be mm-hmm. so cool. Yeah, I could see that. Um, uh, also on the on the topic of Rogar Baratheon, this is just the like let's shit on B- Rogar Baratheon hour, and I'm here I'm for cool it. With that, that's good. With um, me. the scene when Damon Valarian. Oh man, I love uh, him. I love. I love. Him. So he's Queen Alyssa's brother. So yes. he's Rogar's brother-in-law. I think that adds like a real good like flavor to this. That mm-hmm. Rogar's like trying to get him to do shit, and Damon's like, no. Yep. Like he just says to him, no, we can't do that. Yep. Absolutely. Oh yeah, that's my favorite part. Yeah. And this is in the section where like Rogar's mad that all the lords are going to visit the king, which is also one of my favorite things because like he's mad that the lords are going to see and talk to the king, mm-hmm. and he's like, Lord Lickspittles, and I'm like, they what? <laughs> what? They want to talk to the king? And they I, should want to 
saying I it. 100% believe he said these things. 100%. Yes! I don't need another citation. This is Rogar Baratheon. This is what he's like. He's mm-hmm. absolutely mad that you're going to talk to the king and he's not being included. He just wants to be involved. He right? Just he just wants he's to be invited. He's mad that he's not in charge. And mm-hmm. so, like, all these lords are going to visit the king. And so Rogar's like, hey, Damon, brother in law, can you do me a solid and use your ships to keep these, like, sycophantic lords from going and talking to the actual ruler of Westeros and tell them that they should come talk to me? And Damon was like, it literally just says, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love him looking at his dumb brother in law. Like, oh, yep. no, we can't do that. Jesus Christ. What, how, how would that even work, like, practically? Like, right. Damon's ships would, what, open a, open fire on right. the ships coming into Dragonstone? Like, what are they talking about? What does that mean, stop them? How can you, right. how? With what? He's going to have a little, he's going to have a little ring of ships that entirely en- encompass the, the, the island of Dragonstone. Like a little blockade, a uh-huh. little wall of ships, and then none of the ships can get through. Right. That's And that's not violent at all. That's fine. No. Creating that is a, a super reasonable use of resources. Yeah. <laughs> it's it, it just, it, it, the stupidity. <laughs> yeah, like, Rogar. But get it together. <laughs> but no one's talking to him. I know. He suffers. Uh, oh, Rogar. Oh, man. Um... um so yeah, we should uh we should talk about Queen Alyssa and her and her plan to oh, ruin the wedding. Her plan to her foiled plan. Oh man. Well, we're being really sarcastic about this because we don't as at all believe, as we've discussed previously, uh, that that was ever her plan to, yep. to break him up. She obviously wanted to endear important ladies of the realm to Alisan. And it, yep. and it's working. Yeah, that was that was your insight last yeah. episode. You were talking about that, like this is about getting mm-hmm. important women who are associated with the faith to really like Alisande. Um, and oh wow, imagine that that's what's happening. Caroline, do you want to read this quote? I immediately thought of you when I read this. I was like, oh, Caroline's gonna want to read this. Oh, this yes, is exactly what she's saying. Yes. So it says on page one seventy, so firm was she in her belief, and so gentle and kindly and loving in all else, that the Septa and the other wise women found. They could not condemn her, and with every passing day, they clove more to her side. Yep. Yep. They just loved Alisanne. Yep. Think so she's great. Alyssa's plan worked perfectly. Mm-hmm. That's exactly right. what she wanted. She wanted yep. these women to be loyal. Mm-hmm. And ta-da! Yep. She wanted a group of women associated with piety mm-hmm. to be loyal to the queen. Because then when everyone discovers that they're actually married, it will be, she'll have like a group, basically just like a group of women to be like, no, no, she's great. Yeah. This is fine. No, this is good. We actually, I mean, a septa, the fact that she won over a septa, mm-hmm. like, damn, Allison. Yep. Like, you must be really fun. She must be really, really, like a really good time, you know? Yep. So the plan's working. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, and this is, and once again in this section, like they, like Gildane brings up this whole like, what's done is done thing. It is done. The Queen Regent told her counselors when she realized the truth at last. I'm like, no, this is literally, this said is it literally what she said immediately right. when they found out the kids had gotten married. What are you talking about, Gildane? 
he needs like a better editor to at least catch these things. <laughs> like, come on, Gildane, like get one of the novices to read this over for you and let you know when there's plot holes. Right. Yeah. It's just yet yeah, another one of those like where we're seeing history being rewritten actively. as he's telling the actively yeah. he's actively like erasing his own history by saying, "No, no, that didn't happen immediately after mm-hmm. she found out that the kids had gotten married. It happens here now." When her plan had failed. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, 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 no. This is, um, this is what she said the whole time. Because she's smart and she saw mm-hmm. the situation immediately. She took in the information, she analyzed it, and she figured out her plan right away. While Rogar was like, let's block Dragonstone with ships. Huh? You're like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> right, you're telling me the person who immediately read Rogar for Filthy and was like, you're going to try and kidnap Arya uh-huh. is the kind of person who would not be able to read this situation. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I love Alyssa. Yeah. I love Alyssa oh. Valerian. So good. Oh, she's so good. So beautiful, so brave, mo- so tragic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Write that on her tombstone. <laughs> Uh, do you want to talk about a caution for young girls? I always want to talk about a caution for young girls <laughs> every day. So we get a little bit more about a caution for young girls here. Where basically, the text is like, so Corianne was sent to like totally fuck the king. Absolutely, it didn't work. What could have happened? Mm-hmm. And it gives all different things. It it says, um, well, a caution for young girls itself says that she did in fact fuck the king. Uh, but yeah. there's a couple of different stories. And also lots of other people. She got passed around. Yeah, I don't like that one. There's the I one don't that either. said she that she had sex with Jaharis and all the King's Guard. Um, yep. Is that making the eight? Would that be making the eight or <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Um uh then the story I, I like that I kind of that I had canon, uh I run. Well, actually, maybe I don't actually had Kennedy's, but the one I like of the ones offered is that she went to seduce the king, but he was like bad at sex. So, and she had like grown to love Alison and kind of grown, you know, to love Jaharis too. Mm-hmm. And she's like, all right, all right, all right, all right. Let me teach him how to mm-hmm. do this. I'm going to mm-hmm. show him where the various things are located so that he can <laughs> do a good job for Alison. Whatever you're talking about. <laughs> I don't know if I can say it on the podcast. <laughs> She's going to show him where the head of the dragon is. And yeah. then Ooh, that's... <laughs> I like it. Jaharis, one head has the dragon. No. One, just one. Further? No, down? No, 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 wait, no, not left? No, uh, not too far? <laughs> um, yes, I yeah. like that version, especially because um, I absolutely 100% believe that this 15 year old boy was like fumbling and awkward mm-hmm. what does it call him fumbling uncertain and over hasty I'm like yeah he's 15 years yeah. old he doesn't know how to do sex <laughs> he's a man made remember he's a, he was a man according to Rogar yes he was man made uh, and even if he wasn't teenagers are never good at sex no the whole point, that's the whole point of being a teenager and having sex is to figure out how to do it and right. ideally you don't have any practice right exactly you do it in People have to be taught things. That's fine. That, that, yep. There's no shame in that. Uh, so. I believe that. I like that version. Though I do also like the version found in um, The High and the Low that says that not only did Corianne come to his bed, but also Queen Alisan was in there. Look, I am into like a queer poly threesome. I do. I do support a good polycule. She's just so young. You know? That's true. She's still only 13, so I'm not meh. I don't know 
how I I guess part of it too is it's hard to know how horny these kids are because of the way they are depicted. Because mm-hmm. like I want it to be true that Corian taught him how to have sex, but yep. I but I if I were to put money on it, my guess is that he did not actually have sex with Corian. Yep. Only yeah. because for the rest of Jaharis's life. I mean, unless the maester's just, like, leaving out huge chunks of things, which is always possible, there's no indication that Jaharis ever has any romantic or sexual interest in any other woman besides yep. Alisanne. Uh-huh. And if he's socialized from a young age to think that the person he's supposed to be attracted to is his sister, there's only one person who fits that mold. So... You know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. No, I'm just laughing at the idea of being socialized to only find your sister attractive. I mean, it's possible that like the that the only person he ever thinks of as a sexual partner is a sibling, and there's only yeah. one. Right. Yeah. I mean, he's got. There are others, but like there are reasons why he wouldn't think of Raina. I think. Yeah. No, Raina is much so much older than. I mean, she's twice his age. Um, right, and also gay. So. And also gay. <laughs> she has friends. She has companions. Or what's the word that they use? favorites favorites she's got her favorites so i think probably what actually happened was that no sex was had Uh and part of that i think is is supported by the fact that corianne runs away yep you know Mm -hmm. i think what actually was happening on dragonstone was corianne had some kind of love affair with this knight that she ran away with whether that was yeah for like manipulating him for the purpose of running away or because she fell in love with him or because She's a young woman mm-hmm. who has sexual agency and wants to have sex, and this was a guy that wanted to have sex with her, you know, whatever it was. Yep. Uh, I think that's what she was doing. I don't think she was mm-hmm. doing Jaharis. Because if she was sleeping with the king, I don't think she would have left. Yep. I agree. Yeah. Yeah, I like I like the idea of her teaching Jaharis, but I don't know how I don't know how real that is. Yeah. Um Yes. So yeah, she she runs away and um, she moves on to her trials, tribulations, and erotic adventures. Mm-hmm. And I want to know all about them. No, we need to hear no more of her. Oh, Gildane, you're no fun. Yeah, come on, Gildane. Where's Mushroom when you need him? Oh my God, Mushroom would love that story. Oh, <laughs> Mushroom would have. So- and he- I mean, he would clearly put himself at the center of these stories, but Mushroom would know all about these erotic adventures. Well, Mushroom himself had sex with Corian Wild. Uh, so, yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> yep. Even before he was born, he had sex with yeah, Corian Wilde. Yeah, he was, yeah, he was just... he, absolutely. <laughs> yep, that's just how, you know, prolific and vigorous Mushroom was. Mm-hmm. Um, for those of you who are unfamiliar with Mushroom, you will understand later. Yes, you will understand the terrors of Mushroom later. <laughs> uh-huh. All right, then we so, move on. Uh, Rogar's terrible decisions. Um, I think... talked a lot about Rogar's terrible decisions. In terms of what really happened, I think all of mm-hmm. Rogar's terrible decisions happened exactly as described on page. I don't yep. know if there's anything else to look into, except that they're even stupider than necessarily presented. Yep. But like factually, mm-hmm. I think I don't think any I don't think the Maester took any facts out of context. Yeah, I don't think so either. I I I feel like he would have reason to that he has reason to downplay the facts not mm-hmm. make them up right but like exactly. in a situation like rogar baratheon like it would behoove him not to make up random dumb shit that rogar did mm-hmm. but that as we've kind of already established that it actually makes more sense to to like downplay how dumb it is and to kind of make it sound like oh no 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 there's there's courage in this and there's you know something to be admired about the mm-hmm. fact that he doesn't back down but like 
he could he wouldn't just make up Rogard being an idiot. If anything, he would leave out some stuff of Rogar being an yep. idiot. So if anything, I think some mm-hmm. of maybe Rogar had even more stupid plans that didn't make it to Paige. <laughs> yep. But he couldn't skip. The maester to write this history had to report on this, right? Because this mm-hmm. is why Rogar was was sent home, and was not yes. the hand anymore. Like these were things that like needed to be reported in this text. Mm-hmm. It couldn't be skipped. Um, right. But like factually, what happened was what was described. That's what happened. Yes. Yeah, I agree. He had several um, no good, very very bad days of very bad decisions. Yeah, of his own making. Um, there's mm-hmm. a really, um, I don't really enjoy the like. Mm, there are parts of this that I think are not great, but there is like a like an interesting quote about him on page one seventy six. This is right at the end of the chapter, um, where uh, Donald Hightower. Um, and Donald, if any of you remember, he was the one, he was called Donald the Delayer because he didn't want to take the field against Septon Moon. Mm-hmm. So when Septon Moon is, is mooning around and, you know, seducing seducing all the women and, and riling up the peasants, mm-hmm. um, Donald Hightower was supposed to go fight him and he was like, nah, I don't feel like it. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, <laughs> um, he makes fun of Lord Rogar and says... Um, you know, because he he takes Rogar's brother prisoner when when Rogar's brother comes to try and steal Rayella from from the who would have thought such a thing could occur, <laughs> right? From the Starry Steps at Old Town, it's immaculate um, plan, right? Yeah, I, I can't believe it didn't work. <laughs> um, where it says, "Let him come and try to prize him from me." His own wife took his hand and cut his balls off, and soon enough, the king will have his head. Mm-hmm. I was like, look, I don't appreciate that, like, there's a part of that that's like, I mean, of course, under toxic patriarchy, it would be offensive for a woman to emasculate a man. But also, like, she did kind of, she definitely handed mm-hmm. it to him because yep. she fired him mm-hmm. in front of everybody. And of course, a lord would phrase it like that, like, yep. to, to tie his handship. Like, she, like he could have easily say said he cut off his hand, right? Uh-huh. He says he cut off his balls, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. She I emasculated mean, him. The actual metaphor for for losing the handship is losing your hand, right? If it's like they cut they cut off they cut him off at the hand would be the right metaphor for that. Uh-huh. But because it's a woman doing it, it's just that she cut off his balls, and yep. now he's not a man. Yeah, because there's no way that they would have phrased it that way if another man had done this. No. Oh, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Yeah, like like no if way. Damon Valarian or like or someone else had fired him, then like or even Jaharis had fired fired him. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't have been phrased this way, but it has to be like, oh, you're supposed to buy a woman. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And your wife. Exactly. Um, one thing I, I do want to talk about Rogar, I don't know if you want to talk about it here or later, but this might be the right place because we've talked about his no good, very bad decisions. The fact that of why he's doing this. Yep. You know, why is he? I think he... I have that. I think I have this under themes. Okay. You wanna... Toxic masculinity. Okay. We can talk about under themes. Okay. We'll come back to it then. Yeah. Because uh, he teaches okay. some stuff. Um, we, I mean, this is not a section where there's a lot of people getting shafted, but um, I do have to mention Reyna. Of because course. she once again is overlooked for the throne. Mm-hmm. Like, And this is why I think, so I didn't mention this earlier, but this is why I think that Rogar choosing Arya is about his desire to have power mm, and to like uh, pick someone that he can manipulate and control because you know who has a better claim to the throne than Arya? Her, her mom. mom. Her mom? Yep. Who was cuz like I his rationale 
I just want to read this because, like, it stood out to me when he was like, um, she has the stronger claim. Her mother and father were King Aenys's first and second born. Jaehaerys is fourth. And I'm like, right. Well, well, do you know who's still alive? Who's, the, who's still alive and who's the firstborn? Who, who Aenys's first? firstborn child is actually still alive. Who was the firstborn? Wait a minute. <laughs> Wait a minute. Yeah. Yeah, you're absolutely right. She gets shattered Raina again. Raina is still alive, but mm-hmm. like he can't manipulate and control Raina because she's a fully grown woman. Mm-hmm. Oh, I just so, want her to be queen. Oh my god, R. so R. much I would be different if queen she'd Raina. been queen. So queen much Raina. better. Um, so yeah, that's one of those. Where I was like, she's getting shafted once again. She is being overlooked for the throne, mm-hmm. even though it's in a treason context. Like, Rogar does not even consider, hey, doesn't maybe we should think to include crown. her with the treason. Come on. Right, come on. Like, she can't even be a part of a treason. Right, come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then, I mean, a couple of, like, you know, Alison's kind of, you know. She is also here. She is. She is not a- that is so, that is such the perfect summary for Alison. She is also here. <laughs> I love that quote. That's great. <laughs> It's very useful. My girlfriend and I use it all the time. Yeah. It's, it's uh, does a lot of it does a lot of heavy lifting yeah. in our relationship. <laughs> but like it's that point where he says like, you know, he's studying Aegon the Conqueror and you know, the maesters are assisting him as did the queen and I'm like, yeah, okay. Remember when Alisand was the one who was like, "Hey, we should probably do some studying if we're going to be in charge. Mm-hmm. If we're going to rule, we should probably, I don't know, read some books. Yeah. Figure out how to do this ruling shit because we're just teenagers. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But, like, here, it's like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, she's helping. Mm-hmm. She's a, But she's... only, but, like, second to the maesters. She's definitely helping more than the maesters. <laughs> Easily. She's probably being a pain in the ass. The maesters probably like, Jesus Christ, leave me alone, kid. Right, I mean, I imagine she's doing way more reading than Jaehaerys is. Oh, yeah. She's getting too beat up by the Kingsguard. She's reading to, she's reading him to bed. She's reading to him, old Valyrian, mm-hmm. in bed every night. Yeah. And and when he doesn't know what she's talking about, then she drills him on his vocab words. Right, exactly. He comes to try to give her a kiss, and she's like, what's the old Valyrian word for please? <laughs> <laughs> That's what she's No doing. kisses until you give me five declensions. <laughs> Training sexual favors for for grammatical <laughs> Valyrian grammar. You can tell that I'm a linguist because I'm because that's the, what I think of. Oh, that's um, really funny. That Allison is definitely doing that. 100 percent head canon confirmed. Yep. yep. Um, and then the poor twins, poor Aria and Riella, are just like Look, political pawns. What are you gonna do with identical twins in a in a narrative? Okay, all you can do is switch them. <laughs> we did that. Now that they're switched, now what? We use them already for the thing. They can't do anything else. They just, you know, they did the one identical twin thing. Mm-hmm. Right. So now, I mean, what Rogar's trying to do is switch him back. So he's trying to do the switcheroo again. Yeah, because that's all he can think of. <laughs> that's all he can think of. That's as far as his little brain can take him, Lord uh, bless him. Poor man. Um... Yeah, there were, like, we, I guess we touched on this a little bit in the connections to Song of Ice and Fire. You brought up um, the the Night's Watch stuff, mm-hmm. um, kind of in Song of Ice and Fire. But I was thinking of um, 
that there's like a Night's Watch rebellion and there are Starks in charge and a Stark is killed. Mm-hmm. And I was like, hmm, hmm, sounds like the end of hmm. Feast for Crows. Hmm. Sounds like we only have so many ideas, George. <laughs> hmm. It's okay. The world is very expansive. Sometimes you repeat yourself. Uh-huh. Sometimes you just happen to have a Night's Watch rebellion against the Starks. Yeah. Is it a is it a theme that history repeats itself or is it that we don't have that many ideas and the history repeats itself? Hmm. Well, when you don't have many ideas and history repeats itself, that's when you make it a theme. Ah. No, 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 no. It's thematic. I I'm meant doing it. A thing. I meant it that way. <laughs> Oh, have you noticed my re- repetition? Interesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so yeah, that we get does some happen. giants. I thought yeah. it was interesting that there were giants here. Um, yeah, because, because by the time we get to a song of ice and fire, they're like giants. I thought they were a myth, and I'm like, is does something become a myth in a hundred years? Right. I know. That's what I was thinking. Like it's pretty close in time. I mean, we're in like 50 AC, right? So it's like 250 years later as, as song of ice and fire proper. But like, uh-huh. yeah, this doesn't become long? a myth. It could become extinct, right? But not mythical, you know. Right, but like, I'm just thinking of the way that um everyone's always like, oh, snarks and grumpkins, yeah, you know, like dire wolves. Those might as well be fairies or like giants. They might, you know. And I'm like, but but we know there are giants. Like, I don't think a Tasmanian devil is a myth. I understand that it's an extinct creature, but like, right. it's not mythical, you uh-huh. know. Right, you don't talk about it like it's like a um like a cryptid. Right, exactly. I don't know. They yeah, they, I did like that they were giants and they did um, some tearing up of people. That um, you brought up. Oh. Um our our friend Martin. Yeah. I don't know if he got confused uh-huh. or what. But the uh hand of the king, so when Rogar is dismissed when he's fired mm-hmm. by his wifey. Um, he takes off his golden brooch. A brooch. Yeah. I always say this word wrong. Brooch. Sorry. He takes you off his golden. You want. He takes off his golden brooch, and and gives it back, and it says it's the brooch of his office, which is what we see in Game of Thrones: The Bad Show. Mm-hmm. And it's cool. It's a cool prop. I like it. Yep. I certainly like it a lot more than the concept of a chain of hands for the hand of the king. I always thought that was kind of silly, mm-hmm. but. In a song of ice and fire proper, the hands wear a chain. They don't wear a, a brooch. They wear like a like a necklace. Mm-hmm. It's what Tyrion uh, strangles Shay to death with. I mean, right? That's the only that's that's the part where I think that the idea of having a chain of linked hands is like. I feel like I have this like sneaking suspicion that like Martin wrote that scene first. Yeah, I could see that being bad. Like they being was back like, you know, it would yeah. be really cool. Someone getting strangled by a chain of hands. Yeah. And then yeah. was like, how can I have a chain? Yeah. <laughs> that sounds so metal. I'm surprised that Magor didn't have a chain of hands. Oh my god, right? Hand of the king. <laughs> he would. I. I would absolutely believe it if him to have like a chain of hands. Yeah. So what? What do you think's going on with this? I'm so confused. Okay, so I am a nerd, and I did some digging. Ooh. Okay, I love it. Um, the first time a chain is mentioned in relation to the office of Hand of the King in Fire and Blood is during the Dance of the Dragons. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't say that it is a cha- like a chain of linked hands, mm-hmm. but when um, Viserys, it, it says that when Viserys fires Sir Otto, 
from being Hand of the King. It says he strips Sir Otto of his chain of office. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and then that is also used to refer to Otto later. It says that, you know, that he, it, it talks about the chain of office, mm-hmm. the chain of his office. Um, and then, like, it shows up again, it shows up multiple times after the dance. Mm-hmm. Um, other hands of the king are noted as having a chain of office. Um, and then, and that, I think it's like five or six times it shows up in Fire and Blood total, maybe a couple more. And then the next references that we know of are from A Clash of Kings. Yes. Or which are the first book that talks about the chain of linked of linked hands. Mm-hmm. But I don't believe that in Fire and Blood it's ever described as like a chain of linked hands. It's just called the chain of office. Mm-hmm. So it is the chain associated with being Hand of the King. But like it is not described specifically in the same way that we see it mm-hmm. in a song of ice and fire yeah but it, there is a chain of office hmm. but it doesn't show up until the dance mm-hmm. interesting yeah so i i have a tinfoil theory which is that sir otto wanted it <laughs> otto hightower why i don't know um he wanted a fancy chain because it's what the like maybe he was jealous that the maesters get really cool cha- he's a high tower he's from old town he was like oh the maesters get chains that, that actually cool. that could be it it could have originated with him because of like the significance to him as a high tower of a chain being yeah uh, of service mm-hmm. but also links showing your like knowledge and power and, and right. yeah that does actually have a cultural significance oh i like that we should yeah. keep tabs on this and see if any of Jaharis's hands like, if the next few hands have bro- brooches or chains or hats mm-hmm. or whatever it is they have. <laughs> I want a hand hat. I was going to say, the hat, this is it. <laughs> yeah, it's like little finger pointing. Yeah, little number one, number one hand. Yeah. <laughs> Full of hand on your head. <laughs> Imagine just the oh, throne. Oh, that's absurd. I want it. Though. Imagine just the throne room with, like, the, the Iron Throne and the king on the Iron Throne with his sword. And then just next to his throne is a man with a bright red foam finger hat. <laughs> yes! Oh my god! A foam finger hat. That's Amazing. it. Amazing. I was also just thinking that, like, everyone should have a hat then. Like, all of the masters. Like, the master mm. of ship should have, like, a boat hat. Yes! And, like, the master of coin would just have, like, a like a little coin hat. Every, every master should have their own, like, hat that is associated with their office. Yes. Oh my god. I'm into it. What would the Master of Whispers have? Oh. Oh, oh man. Little spider hat. Little spider hat. Big spider I hat mean, with like the legs coming big, up over the side. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Right, bouncing around their head. Yeah. Or just, or just big hair because it's full of secrets. <gasps> they could have big hair full of secrets, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Oh. But yeah, I didn't know if like. This, I mean, I imagine everything George R. R. Martin does is intentional, but it's also possible it was just like a little whoopsie doodle. Yeah. Uh, I didn't, I didn't know it, but I caught it and I was like, "Sir, please don't reference the bad show." You don't need yeah, to. I was glad you caught that because I was like, "Oh right, yeah, like it's a brooch." This, mm-hmm. oh no, George R. R. Martin made the brooch canon. No, don't do it. <laughs> you don't need Next to thing- do it, George. Next thing we know that he'll be writing the second part of uh, Fire and Blood Part 2 if he ever does it. And it will be like, and there was a secret dagger that they found on Dragonstone. And And somebody tripped and whoa, it fell into a brazier and Valyrian letters appeared. (laughs) (laughs) Just 
see him behind the keyboard, like, wiggling his fingers. <laughs> yep, yep. Oh, man. Ooh. <sighs> okay, God. so now we have arrived at themes. All right, toxic masculinity. I think this is the main thing about yeah, this section. Yeah, it is a hell of a drug. It's a hell of a drug, yo. Ro- why, why, is, why is Rogar Baratheon like this? Why is Rogar Baratheon? Why is he like this? And uh-huh. I, I do think the, the million-dollar answer is uh, patriarchy. You know, toxic masculinity. If you want an example, like we, we talk about the patriarchy, you and I tend to focus more on on the women characters, um, just because they're one more interesting, and two. <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> I mean, uh, listen, I sometimes I'm a very myopic lesbian on the internet, and I'm much more interested in the women. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. That's just that's my point of view bias. So, if you're this deep into the podcast, you know this by now. Um, but patriarchy damages men too. Patriarchy damages everyone. Everyone of any gender and of any gender expression is damaged by a system that says you must be a certain way. Mm-hmm. Flat out. A system that says you are supposed to do these things, we are prescriptivist about these things, and as if you deviate from this, you are somehow wrong, is going to be harmful to every individual. So, Rogar is a really good example of how a toxic patriarchy damages men. Because... Mm-hmm. He he does all this stupid shit because his wife's kid, not even like his stepson, but like his wife's kid, gets married in a way he doesn't like. I mean, and honestly, like, if they had asked in advance and he had approved it, none of this would have happened. It's not right. even the marriage he's concerned about. He's concerned about that they didn't ask him. Mm-hmm. So, like, the, the kids, the teenagers went out without his permission. And yep. he starts to try a civil war multiple times. He, mm-hmm. he tries to start a civil war multiple times. Mm. You, you know? know what this is reminding me of? Tywin Lannister. Oh, okay. I mean, Rogar is not as smart as Tywin Lannister. I will just, I will, I mm-hmm. will let all you listeners know that I don't believe that they are the same level of intelligence or cleverness about politics. Tywin, no. a lot smarter yes. than Rogar Baratheon. Mm-hmm. Rogar Baratheon is a bro. And he doesn't have a lot of brain cells, and he has various and he and his skills like his the range of options that his brain comes up with for how to solve a problem is fairly limited. Yes, Tywin is much more creative, much more strategic. Mm-hmm. Yada yada yada. However, what this is reminding me of is Tywin Lannister raiding and pillaging the Riverlands because his son was captured by a woman. Mm-hmm. It's the same kind of wounded external honor yes. of, like, how dare you do something that makes me appear to be less than, that, like, mm-hmm. damages my perceived honor. And if you do damage my external honor, mm-hmm. um, I'm just going to, you know, I don't know, murder a bunch of people. Start yeah. a war. I'm going to choose violence. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to act oh. out. I'm going to use the agency that I have in the system to act out my violence on people around me yep and mm-hmm. if no one can stop me then no one can stop me right you know tywin no one could stop him he mm-hmm. was able to do that rogar gets stopped fortunately right right um, right and they and like thankfully for like, our story rogar baratheon is um when he he does know when he's beaten mm-hmm. like he doesn't decide to like i don't know ravage the stormlands he couldn't because he didn't have enough men so right. many of yeah. his men stay in King's Landing because they like it there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they say, nah, like, I'm good, bro. <laughs> so I'm not going home with Brogar Baratheon over here. 
uh, DoorDash is real good in, yeah. uh, in King's Landing. I don't want to go anywhere else. Yeah, exactly. You know how limited the food options are in uh, Storm's End? Yeah, it rains there a lot. I don't yep. want to, yeah. Um, uh-huh. I mean, he, he couldn't. He didn't have the ability to. He does, though, repeatedly try to start a civil war. He tries multiple different things. He tries and to do treason more than once. More than once. Multiple treasons. He has a whole collection of treasons. <laughs> He's just bad at it. <laughs> He's got a shelf full of treasons. <laughs> right. And I, right. I think that this is something that we should keep an eye on because the the male characters throughout, or the, the men characters throughout our story also suffer from patriarchy brain mm-hmm. to different extents. And um, like I think Jaharis will be someone that'll be interesting for us to study as he mm-hmm. comes into his maturity and his kingship. Um, because right now, Jaharis is, seems to be treating his wife as an equal, which he does not have to do. That is a choice yeah. he's making. Mm-hmm. And uh, seems to value the input of women around him, undoubtedly because of Alyssa and Alyssa's mm-hmm. impact on his life. Right. Um, and maybe also because of the fact that he doesn't like Rogar. You know, kind of in a balancing sort of way, isn't like Rogar and doesn't like Rogar. But the the patriarchy, the toxic patriarchy, grinds everyone down. Mm-hmm. And where will he be at the end of his life on that front? Right. Yeah. No, that's a really, really good point. Um, I was thinking also, like, it was, it was kind of what you were just saying about Rogar, that, like, he would be terrifying if he weren't so ineffectual. Yeah. Like, if he were not, if his plans weren't just, like, badly thought out and poorly executed he would be terrifying mm-hmm. like that's he would have taken like, over yeah yeah he yeah would have at he least had, caused he had the desire war. to mm-hmm. yeah because like if right. he had it's like if he had got his hands in area first yep. he would have taken her back to the storm's end and crowned her and started a civil war he would have called yep. his banners you know he would have outed the fact that jaharis and allison are married and incestuous he would have riled a bull town I mean, there's a way to do it. There's certainly yep. a way to do it. Yeah. Uh, if he was better at it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. He's just like, kind of like we know recently from American politics that like some rulers are, um, have really, really terrible ideas. And the thing that keeps them from being more damaging to society is that they are really bad at implementing them. Mm-hmm. And that is what saves us. And yep. I feel like Rogar is one of those examples of someone who like, what save, saved Westeros, if you want to call it that, like is you know well and it did what saved westeros from like more bloody violence Mm -hmm. is that rogar baratheon was just really bad at Mm -hmm. implementing any of his plans and he had a really smart wife who could see through them all and see them coming a mile away and was able to like circumvent them Mm -hmm. from happening i wonder also if like we've talked in the past about why Alyssa chose to marry rogar Mm -hmm. i wonder if part of it wasn't to sort of keep your friends close your enemies closer kind of thing Mm -hmm. that like by keeping him close she could keep him controlled because up until now he hasn't done anything royally stupid like this you know and Mm -hmm. he you know he is someone that by by her being regent and marrying him she did gain control over even if he didn't realize it you know oh we totally forgot to talk about whether or not she retired Oh my god, oh my this is the thing. We both of us write notes about this. Right, uh, the thing that we both write <laughs> notes about. <laughs> okay, so Rogar Baratheon, patriarchy's bad. Anyway, Alyssa, listen. Um, 
so I think we'll have to have more chapters to have a full discussion on whether or not she retires, but I'm going to go uh-huh. with a nice, solid no. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. That, like, even though it said that she was, what, shattered after? Shattered. Not just th- utterly Two shattered. of her children were killed by Magor. One is estranged. She had her husband killed. But this shattered her. Yeah. It shattered yeah. her, Gretchen. Yeah, yeah. Her her new, young, hot-headed husband being a dipshit just utterly shattered Alyssa Valarian. Yeah. She just couldn't, couldn't handle it anymore. She supposedly retires, and supposedly Damon is in charge. And I'm like, or she just removed herself from the limelight and was telling Damon what to do. Right. Or, like, I mean, obviously, I think one thing we can pick up from the text is that Damon is close with Alyssa. Yeah. Because of the fact that when Rogar's like, can you do this really dumb blockade? Damon's like, uh-huh. no. No, we cannot. Yeah. We're not doing that. Uh-huh. Like, And the fact that Damon's there in court with her, you know, the, after all these battles and things like that, like, it's, it strikes me that they're probably pretty chill, the siblings. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fact that she names him Hand so soon afterwards. Right. Like, she wouldn't name someone Hand who she couldn't control or couldn't influence. Right. Or who didn't listen right. to her. Right, and that's, like, what's really suspicious to me is that, like, Damon is now Hand and she is supposedly not doing anything and she's just, like, letting her brother rule. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is interesting to me that she, like, is at the very least taking a step back from public- publicly ruling the way that she had been mm-hmm. before this event happens, that she's not, like, visibly, mm-hmm. publicly making a lot of decisions. Um, and when I ask myself why... The only thing that I can think of, or what what strikes me as possible, given given kind of the picture that we're building of Alyssa as someone who like approves of Jaharis and Alisan, is trying to do everything she can to make sh- you know to make sure that they will be accepted and loved, and that like their rule be as effective as possible. She's accepted that they're going to be in charge. Is that like taking a step back somehow supports that end goal mm-hmm. of like. You know, maybe she was more visibly present in court because Rogar was there. And as you were saying, like, she needed to stick close to Rogar because, you know, he's a dipshit who makes dumb choices. Mm -hmm. And she's got to be there to make sure that he's not fucking everything up Mm -hmm. um, with his toxic patriarchy brain. And once he's he's no longer, when it's no longer possible for him to be, like, bull in the china shopping his way around you know mm-hmm. king's landing and the rule that it's safer for her to kind of step back into the shadows mm-hmm. and like rule quietly make decisions quietly to like better pave the way for jaharis and alisand to then step up when he reaches his majority and been like i am the king in charge yeah At least that's my thought what do you think I, I agree with that i think she needed to be more visually involved before because of rogar to make it clear that rogar was not in charge that she was mm-hmm. in charge then I think it's what you're saying that she almost created a vac- a power vacuum right. that was, like, waiting for the king. Mm-hmm. Like, now it's not so much transferring from me to my son. It's transferring from no kind of nobody to my son. Yeah. And now, like, that kind of thing, I completely agree. I think part of it, too, is that she's still married to Rogar, right? They can't get divorced. There's no divorce in Westeros. No. So... She is still attached to somebody who tried to do treason. Mm -hmm. And I could see Alyssa being worried about that tainting her son's uh, ascension. Oh, that's really good. You know what I'm saying? That, like, Mm -hmm. she's married to someone who questioned her son's ascension because of his marriage. 
Right. That's antithetical yeah. to what she's trying to get Westeros to accept. Mm-hmm. So kind of fading into the background, where she seems to be comfortable anyway. Like, we've seen her in the past kind of take, not take a back seat, actually, but, like, visually take a back seat. Yep. Uh, might, she might be thinking, like, calculation-wise, like, this might be optically better for, yeah. like, me and, me and Rogar are older, we're fa- we faded away, we're gone, but now here are the new, look at, look at your great king and queen, look at how nice and young and pretty they are, look at the shiny objects kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't think about treason. Don't think about treason. Right. Right. And don't think about the possibility that your young, shiny, new best boy king might actually be getting, you know, might be like hanging onto his mother's apron strings. Mm, yeah. In a way yeah. that would make under patriarchy, he would look, mm-hmm. he would look weaker. What's the if phrase? His they mom always, were visibly helping him make decisions. They always say it in the books, hiding behind his mother's skirts. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I yes, I think all of these things she thought of and she said, uh she said, I'm still here, but I'm not you can't see me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pay no attention to the Alyssa behind the curtain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> there okay, was no to, queen. Back to themes. Um okay. there was one other thing I wanted to touch on, um that I thought was really interesting, especially at the the beginning and kind of what we're seeing with rogar Mm -hmm. is again coming back to that theme of like house targaryen as a microcosm of westeros yeah that like we're continuing to see that like this house is like splitting itself apart to Mm -hmm. gain power no matter like who is hurt in the process that like you know coming off of that our discussion about rogar to like circle that back in like rogar is you know he's not a targaryen but he's married to the targaryen matriarch Mm -hmm. and he is willing to split apart the whole family as much as he can to like he's tried many ways to divide the family Mm -hmm. um and he's willing to do that no matter what gets hurt purely to gain power Mm -hmm. um and what that means about you know when we think about it like it's a family but also that's what society does under patriarchy Mm -hmm. is like like men are rewarded for like tearing things apart in order to get what they want. And that often ends up undermining the very things that patriarchy claims that it values, like, you know, quote unquote family values or like mm-hmm. the nuclear family or like any of the things that like patriarchal, you know, and or conservative other other forms of conservative, like family, you know, structures, it ends up eating, they end up eating themselves mm-hmm. because the quest for power can, doesn't actually sit comfortably within like a family unit that like loves and supports each other like yeah the quest the quest for power cannot coexist with the quest for community yes you know if you're and that goes in the microcosm of the family and in the macrocosm of a country Mm -hmm. or that kind of thing so yeah absolutely yep um and just like i was struck by like how thin the veneer is of control and how mm-hmm. tenuous the reins of power are mm-hmm. in this section because like you know we're told like that the crown doesn't have any money uh the dornish are invading um there's a rebellion in the north um i can't remember if there's anything else but like there are these things that are happening and like they don't go anywhere but like this is supposedly like a kind of peaceful time and yet underneath the surface there are all these things bubbling mm-hmm. and like and yet the maester is able to be like no 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 everything is fine Jaharis is going to be the best boy king and it's going to be great mm-hmm. but like 
that's just like a facade. Like the rate, like that, like the veneer of like mm-hmm. power and control under patriarchy is so the veneer is so thin that like if you just poke it, it'll it'll all shatter. Mm-hmm. And I think we see that in like this dynamic that we're seeing with with like Rogar and Alyssa that like it would only take a little bit for this whole like if if Rogar were a little bit more clever, mm-hmm. this whole thing would just would pop. Like or even if just the people in the room didn't agree with Alyssa that she was really in charge. Mm-hmm. You know, Rogar could be as stupid as he is if the people in the room all agreed that Jaharis should be deposed. Yep. Jaharis would have been deposed. Yep. Yeah. No, I like what yep. you're saying. I mean, this we've talked about power before and like what is power mm-hmm. and like the tra- you know the trappings of power. Yep. I mean, maintaining that veneer mm-hmm. kind of is it, yes. right? Like kind of yes. make like making sure it is shiny, and uh-huh. you think you think that underneath that shiny exterior is something tough. That kind of is it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I like it. Like the shiny yeah. exterior is 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 all that it is. There's right. there's nothing underneath it. Right. If you remove the shiny exterior exterior of like, you know, patriarchal monarchy, like there's nothing there mm-hmm. because it's not real. This is whole fake. This whole system is fake. Right. Like, exactly. He, he's in charge because everyone's like, sure, yeah, why not? We 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 buy into the idea that like some dude with a magic horse is in charge. <laughs> Like, sure, the magic horse can breathe fire, but, like, you know, like, it's just, it's all fake. I mean, just even buying into the fact that a dude, that someone, one, singular, needs to be in charge. Right. There doesn't need to be one person in charge. Yeah. May may I talk to you all about communism and socialism? Okay, listen. (laughs) Listen, listen. Commune life could be really good. So, uh, no, I mean, like, yeah, it's, it's, I kind of, I love that because it makes you think about the... You're making me think about like the fundamental assumptions we all live under, mm-hmm. that like they're ha- like things are this way and this is how, this is how they are, right? Because this right. is how they are. Why would you ask questions? Right, and like it's the ki- this is the kind of section, and maybe this is just because there's there are fewer other things to talk about, but also because this section is all about the transfer of power and people, you know, bickering to try and be in charge of this period of the transfer of power, but like. Gil Dane knows what's coming. This is, like, going back to the, like, as we repeatedly keep saying that, like, the, the narrator writing this story knows how it goes. Mm-hmm. And so that determ- that, that determines how he tells the story. Mm-hmm. That, like, Archmaester Gil Dane, like, knows that Jaehaerys' reign is going to be long and prosperous. Yeah. And so in a section like this, like... You could tell this as, like, wow, a really turbulent time right before the new king comes. But, like, he downplays it. He's downplaying just how tenuous the control is. Because it like, all works out. Right, because it all yeah. works out. Everything's yeah. fine. There's no there's no need to dwell on it. Even though I love that line at the very end of this chapter where it says, like, that the council, like, spoke little and did less. Yes. <laughs> like, they all took a vacation for the last six months like, before he came. Like, it's fine. No one's- no one's doing anything. And that's, again, one of those where you're like, look, we don't need this. Mm-hmm. You don't need a king. Everything is fine. If they if they don't do anything, like, nothing bad happened. Mm-hmm. Because all of this is fake. Because <laughs> monarchy it's... is fake and who's in charge is fake. But, like, we're seeing, like, the strings. It's just one of those mm-hmm. where, like, I, why, like, I'm seeing Martin playing with the fact that he's showing us, like, the strings of, like, 
Jaharis is in charge because like everyone in this society has agreed that the dragon lord should be in charge, and that's literally the only reason why this happens. Yeah, exactly. They don't even like, necessarily this six months, go ahead. They don't even necessarily have the power to reconquer anymore. No. Yeah, like like if all the if the seven kingdoms or the original kingdoms or whatever all decided all at once they wanted to be separate and apart, the Targaryens wouldn't be able to reconquer Westeros Mm-mm. at this point. So it's a real, it's like super fake. It's like super extra fake. Yeah. My God. Yeah, but like 50 <laughs> years in, 50 years in and everyone's like, okay, this is fine. This is the new normal. This is the way things work. We've accepted right. that like the 15 year old with the sword should be in charge. Mm-hmm. And the 15 year old with the sword and his 13 year old sister wife are definitely the best people <laughs> to run this entire <laughs> continent. His 13-year-old sister wife. <laughs> My God. What, a, what, what am I reading? <laughs> no, but I think it's also, like, like to, to question that kind of thing. I think when you do question fundamentals like that, like in real life, people get really annoyed with you. Because like I, so I do this all the time because I'm a criminal defense attorney. So like there are rules, etc. And I'm, all, I, I'm the one. It's my job to be like, why is that the rule? Like, or is that the rule? I had a, a case the other day where the judge said something and I was like, where are you? I was like, can you, you have a citation for that? Like, is that from like the statute? Is it like in a case? And he just paused and he was like, well, we've just always done it like that. And I said to him, I'm like, well, but we need legal authority to do things. We can't just do stuff. <laughs> like, I, and that's what I said to him, like exactly as that. And he was like, I'll look into it. And I'm like, yeah, you better. <laughs> Cause I will <laughs> appeal you. <laughs> Like, yeah, you can't just, like, be like, well, that's how it's always been. Like, no, but, but if if that was the case, we'd all be, like, leeching each other and, like, trying to bleed our humors out of our bodies. Like, you can't just, like, do things because that's how we did it before. Right. You know? Right. Right. See, and I'm just, I, I'm on the spectrum. I've got autism. So, that, like, I'm constantly just like, wait, why do we do it this way? Like, that's mm-hmm. dumb. Why would we do it that way? There's a much better way to do it. And, like, right. I am not married to any particular system. Yeah. I need it's- to have a good reason to follow rules. There, and there should be. I mean, it's it's important to fundamentally question these things. And something like feudalistic patriarchy is designed for you specifically not to question that. Yep. It's designed that you are born a farmer, you're going to be a farmer. Mm-hmm. That is it. You know, you are born a lord, you're going to be a lord. Yeah, like, there's very little actual, like, social movement uh, right. for people. That's why one of the reasons I like Davos' story so much, because it's like, Mm-hmm. In my opinion, Sir Davos Seaworth is the only example of the American dream within Westeros, but alas. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's a questioning... Ugh, now you've got me questioning all the fundamentals of this story, and why why are they following the boy with the sword? It's yeah. not even a magic sword. No, it's not. It doesn't even have words on it if you put it in a fire. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> He's not even really much of a dragon rider either. Like, it literally... Like, he... I mean, we know that he rides his dragon sometimes, but it's not like he's even shown up and been like, look at me. I'm, like, I guess he showed up at his mom's wedding with his dragon. He did. That was Though nice I have a him. feeling that Alisande might have been involved and been like, okay, sweetie, we need to get on our dragons and we need to show them we can ride our dragons. <laughs> the real question, Gretchen, is how much are we going to spend Jaehaerys' reign giving credit to Alisande for everything? <laughs> Most. Most of it. Most. <laughs> he must have done some things on his own. I mean, I would say his terrible dad decisions. He made okay. them all on his own. He did make some terrible dad decisions. We'll get there he later. Will. He will. But so. um, uh, also made me realize while we were talking that my brain just went, what's Valerian doing right now? 
Balerion. You know, we haven't checked on Balerion since uh, Magor died. Oh, he's not dead. You're right. I forgot. He hasn't died for a long time. Yeah. What is Balerion doing right now? What is Balerion doing? I would like to believe that Balerion is taking a well-earned break. Just uh, living his best life, eating some sheep. And, uh, I don't know. Seeing the world. Yeah. I don't know. Just chilling. But, like, no one's claimed Balerion the Black Dread yet. Yet. Yep. We'll yep. see where that goes. Um, but yeah, I thought of it because you were saying like they don't really have, you know, they they don't really have the power to conquer Westeros. So and Vagar. Like, right. Vagar. Isn't Vagar yeah, still around? Yeah, Vagar's still around. Yeah, Vagar. But yeah. Oh. Yeah. Because oh, they're, um, they're off somewhere doing. Because Visenya died. So yeah. Yeah. They're also in their retirement. They're like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yep. They're doing the like snowbird thing and they're just like yeah. going to Florida. Yeah. They're going out to Dorne. <laughs> She's just hanging out in Dorne. <laughs> Visiting the bones of Meraxes. Oh, oh no. Oh no. <laughs> now you can make me sad. <laughs> oh. All right. I feel like that's a good place to right. write. <laughs> Way to end it on the delightful note of Meraxi of uh, Vagar and Valerian visiting the bones of, of Meraxes. Uh, Meraxes. It's sad. fine. What's wrong with that? <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, Thanks for listening to us, uh, mm-hmm. and until next time, remember... Oh, you need to tell them our email address. Oh, I tell them email address. Um, thanks for listening to us, and if you guys want to email us, our email is houseoffireandbloodpodcast at gmail.com, mm-hmm. and we're also on Instagram at houseoffireandbloodpodcast on Instagram. Uh, mm-hmm. Check us out, follow us, email us. We might be having some guests on soon. <gasps> yeah. Some guests, guests on the podcast, friends of the pod. Uh... We're very excited about um, those episodes. Will be three hours long a piece. Uh, we're not going to be able <laughs> to stop And I think you ourselves. called it. I think we might be around an hour forty-five or an hour and a half on this, Caroline. You called it. Yeah, I told you. We're like, we don't have very much to say. We somehow here we are, always, no matter what. <laughs> okay, so until next time, remember: if you were sent to seduce a king away from his sister, thirteen-year-old sister wife. Uh, consider instead uh, teaching him how to have sex correctly. Hmm. Hmm. You know, the next time that I that that happens to me, I will, I will keep that in mind. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And until next time, remember that when toxic masculinity bites him in the ass, uh, double down. That always works out. Absolutely. I no problem. I don't see any problem with that. <laughs> <laughs> it will never. It will never blow up in your face. It'll be yeah. Toxic masculinity is good. We, and yep. we endorse that here at House of Fire and Blood Podcast. <laughs> All right, guys, we'll talk to you next time. Bye, everyone. Recording. Now we're on the right microphone. There we go. (laughs) Fantastic. And I just need to talk at this volume, say at this volume. My hardest part with editing is that, like, because we normally do, like, two episodes at a time. The first episode, uh-huh. I'm, like, loud and consistent, whatever. And the second episode, my volume just goes down. <laughs> <laughs> and by the end of it, I'm, like, at a distance mumbling. And I'm, like, well, you know, the Targaryen family tree. <laughs> <laughs> like, I can hear myself getting tired and far away. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's very difficult to edit the sound. So I have to, I have to try to keep, yep. up, keep it up. 
I have to make sure that I don't wander too far away from my microphone because I have a tendency to like drift. So do I. I move a lot. I try to keep myself uh-huh. anchored because I keep my feet on like the panel under my desk and, right. and try to like stay like situated. But I do mm-hmm. also, I do the same thing. Uh, yeah. Where I'll realize like I've been talking like in the opposite direction for a while and I'll be like, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> Microphone is that way. It's fine. It gives it, it gives it uh, diversity in the sound. You know, it's right. good. It's entertaining. Yeah. It's fine. It's not bad Dynamics. quality. Dynamics. Yeah. There you go. Just create your own. <laughs> uh, so I got to see Janelle Monet last week. I saw your post on Instagram. You're, where did you go? Oh my god, it's so good. That what? It's so good. What pronouns is Janelle using nowadays? Do we know? Um, I. Th- think that they're fine with they or she okay last i heard it was they she but i don't recall if that yeah if it changed um, that's i i default to they okay because i will also default to they. But, uh, but I, yeah i i i've met people that are like good with like all the pronouns and i'm like mm-hmm. that's cool but like which but which one really i'm like but which yeah. one do you really want i just want to do it right, right. <laughs> just tell yeah. Me. yeah 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 whenever people are like any pronouns i'm like Oh no! I have choice paralysis now. Yeah. I have to pick one. I'm like, do I but just cycle I don't through wanna... them evenly? What do I do? <laughs> right, exactly. I don't want to just land on one and make you think that I that I am, you know, trying to just specifically gender you. So I have to like cycle through. Right. So like, okay, yesterday I used he, so today I should use she, and maybe tomorrow I use they, and then I just do it like that. Or do I yeah. do it by sentence or paragraph? I mean, what mm-hmm. do we like? You know, how do I, how do yeah. I do it? You know. So anyway, uh-huh. anyway, Janelle Monae, that must have been awesome. Yeah. Oh, it was so good. It was so good. And I was really close to the stage. Mm-hmm. I was, like, on the floor, like, 10. There were, like, I mean, they're not really rows of people by the time, you know, when you get to the close to the stage, it's just, like, a mass of people. Yeah. But they were maybe, like, 10 rows-ish of people between me and, like, the stage. It was great. That's oh awesome. Was it, it was a standing room? Yeah. Well, there was, like, a balcony that had some seats, but, like, you have to pay extra mm-hmm. for those. That's, like, the VIP seating, mm-hmm. which I always think is funny because I'm like, but, I mean, sure, you can sit, but you're further away. Yeah. I mean, I guess you could see better from above, but also, like, you are further away. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I felt pretty good. I got in line really early. Uh, it was fun because everyone was uh, very queer there. It was yes. It was one of those where, like, you'd see someone wearing, like, normal clothes and you're like, wait, what are you? Oh, yeah, you can like Janelle Monae, too. Yeah. You're also allowed. Oh, I, I don't know where you are on your journey. Maybe you're still coming out and you yeah. just haven't figured out how to be super visibly queer yet. That's fine. You are also welcome here. <laughs> what uh, what album is she on? Because the last one I listened to, I haven't listened to her for in a few years. I listened to the album that had the song Pink on it. That's Dirty Computer. So right. it's the one after that. It's called The Age of Pleasure. Oh, I have to listen to it. I love Janelle Monae. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. It is um, very horny. Lots of queer joy. That's what she uh, does. And that's that's yeah. what they do. Damn it. <laughs> yep. Yep. It's like this one is like explicitly about like queer black joy mm-hmm. and horniness. And it's great. Highly recommended. That's good. Um, and so that was like the energy in the room was mm-hmm. like a lot of queer people, a lot of uh, people of color. Um, it's just like a really special concert to go to because everyone there is just so like excited to be in a place where they can be like open in themselves. Yep. Um, and like, you know, 
everything from like fetish gear to rainbow flags to like whatever it's like its own little mini pride concert mm. and it's fantastic and i and i loved it i was very happy and i may have gotten sick from it i don't know my girlfriend and i still don't know like she also did some things that were like out of the house but one of us got something mm -hmm. and gave it to the other ah could have been janelle monet but if so it was worth I, it. I i i'm gonna say there's not enough evidence to blame janelle monet i think that it's probably <clears throat> something else outside the house i blame others besides right. i will continue to blame others besides janelle monet for pretty right. much everything yeah Poof. i mean why blame janelle monet right exactly there's no reason to blame them <laughs> meanwhile this past weekend i went to the new york renaissance fair and, oh yeah how'd that go um i think it was good uh, I went with my friend Alicia, with whom I have uh, our our little band, which we have yet to actually finish any music. Um, <laughs> <laughs> our band is called Specifically, so you can give the concept of what kind of shit we write. Uh, nice. But I went with Alicia and a bunch of her friends who go every year. Um, we got there and ate, and then I said, okay, I'm going to get as wasted as I can. I need you to just make sure I get home safe. And they're like, because I was staying over their place anyway, so I was like, fine. So everyone was like, yeah, absolutely, no problem. And then I drank two meads, and I don't entirely know what happened for the rest of the day. <laughs> <laughs> Those must have been some pretty big meads, and or they had a really high alcohol content. I'm just such a lightweight. <laughs> I'm just like, oh. I'm like, you know, do you know that TikTok song, Give Me One Margarita? That one? Yeah. No. So uh -huh. I'm like, give me one mead and I'm fucking drunk. Give me two meads and I'm <laughs> falling asleep. <laughs> but I, Were I, they flavored meads? What? Were they flavored meads? One was regular mead and one was some kind of apple. Ooh, I don't know. Okay. At some point in time, I had a lot of cash and I was handing it to people to buying stuff. And I came home with a lot of rings. I bought a lot of rings. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> so I think I had a good Amazing. time. It seemed fine. <laughs> All the evidence points to yes. <laughs> but what exactly happened, I don't entirely know. 